Hello, this is episode 283 and in it, I'm going to discuss builders' margins, what they are, what they should be, the difference between markups and margins, how much you should be told and what this information all tells you when you're choosing a builder. This is going to be really useful for you if you're frustrated that a builder isn't telling you their margin or you're simply expecting that the margin is going to be 10% and that's it. It's also going to be helpful in providing some great questions and opportunities for discussion with potential builders so that you can find out more about their business and how it operates. Now remember, if you'd like to grab a full transcript of this episode plus the information on resources that I share, you can do that by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 283. That's the numbers 283. Now, let's dive in. I begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of country throughout Australia, and I recognise the continuing connection to lands, waters, skies and communities. I pay my respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to elders both past and present. If we haven't met before, I'm Amelia Lee. Based in northern New South Wales, Australia, I'm a wife, mum and architect and I've worked in the architectural industry for over 27 years now. Having worked on over 250 projects, mainly residential family homes, as well as significantly renovating three homes of my own with my hubby, whilst our three kids were babies, toddlers and even older, I have a personal and professional understanding of the joy, challenges, stresses and excitement of making your family home a reality. In mid-2014, I started Undercover Architect, and it's an online business to help and teach homeowners like you how to get it right when designing, building, and renovating your family home. Undercover Architect is all about giving you access to the industry knowledge and insights you need to avoid the mistakes and dramas that can cost you thousands, tens of thousands, and even hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's about leveling the playing field so that the world of renovating and building doesn't seem so mysterious and you can be the active driver in your project, navigating it with know-how and confidence. Undercover Architect helps and teaches homeowners through this podcast, the website, and our online courses and programs, including my flagship program, Home Method. I truly believe that when you know the questions to ask, the steps to take, and the best way to create a home that works, feels great, and that you feel great in, you can enjoy the process of building and renovating, as well as the home that you move into at the end of this ambitious journey. Consider Undercover Architect your secret ally, whoever you're working with and whatever your location, your budget or your dreams. Grab access to my free online workshop, Your Project Plan, and learn super helpful information to save time, money and stress in your reno or new build. You can find it at undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. That's P-R-O-J-E-C-T-P-L-A-N. Now, let's get on to the episode. When it comes to builders' margins, I often get asked questions like this. How much is a builder's margin? What should it actually be? Is there an industry standard for builders' margins? Why won't my builder tell me their margin? And if it's my house and I'm paying for it, shouldn't I get to know what the margin is? And I get asked this so often that I thought that I would dedicate this podcast episode to actually answering these questions so that it's here as a resource for anyone who's actually wondering about this for their project and I've got somewhere to point you if you do start asking these questions. This episode's probably going to be a little bit shorter than my usual episodes but it's going to be great if you've had any of these kinds of questions about your project or you're generally sort of thinking about builder's margins uh, and how they impact you. Now a word of warning, if you feel that as the homeowner paying to build or renovate your home that you're entitled to know what the builder's margin is, you may not like what I have to say. 
And before I dive into that, I do want to talk in more detail about margins and how they work in a building business. Now, as you may be aware, I also have another business, Live Life Build, where we work really closely with builders who largely do custom residential projects. And as a result, I have learned an enormous amount about how building businesses run, how they need to run to be successful in order to operate well and to be sustainable and deliver projects successfully. Much, much, much more than I ever knew as an architect when I was working one-to-one with clients, um, which is ultimately really great for you because I can share much more intel to help you make the right choice in a builder for your project to get the best outcome. So let's look more at margins and I'm going to start with when a builder is actually charging a margin, what is the margin for? So when a builder is preparing a proposal for the cost of your project, they're able, of course, to be able to price all the materials, the fixtures and finishes that you're specifying and that are included in your documentation to create your finished home. And they'll also be able to work through and quantify the type of labor that they'll be directly hiring, such as their carpenters and the amount of hours that your project's going to require them for in order to get it built. They're also going to send out packages of work to other subcontractors that they'll require. So electrician, the plumber, the roofing contractor, and then they're going to get them to price their scope of work and then uh, supply the cost of that and be able to input that into the overall cost that they're quoting. However, as with any business, builders will have a range of overhead costs that are required for them to operate on a day-to-day business that aren't included in any of those figures I've just run through. And obviously, a builder's revenue only comes from the money that they charge via their building contracts. And so those overhead costs need to be paid for via the building contract sums. And so builders will determine a margin that they'll add to those raw costs to deliver your project in order to be able to cover all of the operational costs for their business. The margin is added as a percentage and it's usually added as a percentage called a markup. Now, I'm going to explain a little bit later about what the difference is between margin and markup. It's actually just a mathematical exercise, but I'll I'll give you some more information on that uh, later in the episode. Now, in Live Life Build, one of the first things that we do with the builders we work with is really help them calculate what this margin should be to cover their overhead. So uh, part of that is working out what the margin is first and then being able to give them a markup rate so that they know then what to mark up their raw costs with when they're pricing projects. We actually have a template spreadsheet that contains about 45 or so of the line items of what we know most builders need to consider in their overhead costs. Now included in overheads is everything from staff training, memberships, insurances, through to costs associated with running vehicles, you know, fuel, registration, insurance, maintaining tools, renting office space, accounting fees, marketing costs, and paying the salaries of any administrative staff, plus a whole lot more. As I said, we've got 45 or more line items that are our suggestions that what we find are most custom residential builders are navigating when they're calculating their overheads. Now, overheads can also include a business owner's salary if they're a builder that isn't on the tools day to day. So we often find that builders will be splitting their time between being on sites as they work on individual projects. And then they'll also be in the office working on the business and doing sort of general overseeing things. And so the office time that they have as a builder, that will be, and as a business owner, that will be attributed as a percentage to sit of their salary to sit in their overheads. Um, and, and so the site time that they do, that will then be attributed and calculated as part of your um, construction costs uh, that sort of sit in those raw costs as a specific job cost, not as an overhead. So you have a percentage of their, so say a builder is spending 50% of their time 
on projects and 50% of their time in kind of general business, business administration. The 50% of their salary will sit as an overhead cost and be included in their overhead margin, but then the other 50% of their salary will be then calculated through the various projects that that time is split across uh, and sitting in there as an actual kind of cost within the project, not as the overhead margin. Now, as with any business, these overheads can quickly add up and the total overheads can then be compared to the total revenue that the business generates from its projects. And in that comparison, you'll then get a percentage figure that represents what the overheads margin actually needs to be. So you basically put the overheads, divide those by the business, by, by the project revenue uh, as a total for that for the year against the annual overheads costs and you will get a percentage of what the overheads are. So if the business is making $3 million per year in project revenue and the overheads are $550,000, which isn't unusual for a business delivering that sort of quantity of projects, then their overheads margin is going to be 18.33%. Now, is there a standard margin? Look, I am often asked what the standard builder's margin is. You can also hear figures such as 10% or 15% that are spoken about as though there's some sort of standard amount there as well. And I think that this happens for a few reasons. Now, firstly, the standard master builder's contracts or the MBA contracts in most states actually have 10% written as the default into the contract. I know a lot of architects and designers will tell their clients uh, that builders should only charge 10 or 15% as a margin, or they'll actually instruct builders that they're working with to only add that much as their margin. Uh, I've seen architects say, you know, take it or leave it, builder, but that's that's all you can charge. And interestingly, I also recently found out that the Cert 4 courses that are being run for builders and construction management actually advise that the overheads percentage needs to be 10% without actually giving any grounding or tools to work this out. They just sort of throw that figure at the students as a, as a figure. So it's no wonder that this perception has proliferated not only the industry, but also people who are working with the industry. And it's set up this expectation for what builders should charge as their margin. Now, in my experience, though, in all of the digging that I've done and all of the information that I've looked through, there is no standard margin amount. There's nothing legislated. There's nothing fixed anywhere that we should expect to see in a builder's proposal or a builder's pricing for your project. Because the margin is a figure that's charged to cover the overhead costs of the building business, the margin should be informed by the actual data and the record keeping on the part of that builder about their overhead costs. Real calculations of real costs compared to the real or predicted revenue of the business. That's how you work out your overheads margin. And so the overheads margin will, will and should be particular to the building business and the costs and the way that they run their building business. So let's talk about what the margin can be instead. You know, as I mentioned in my other business, Live Life Build, I work very closely with builders and I also have a builder as my business partner in that business. So I do get an opportunity to see behind the doors, inside a lot of building businesses, really like, you know, under the covers, uh, you know, who are doing custom residential renovations and new build projects, both here in Australia and in New Zealand. And as I mentioned, one of the first exercises that we get to do when we work with any builder is we have them fill out their overheads and expenses in our calculator. And they can also input the projects that they're working on within a year or the percentage of the project they'll complete in a year and identify what that project revenue is and what then their overheads are as a percentage of their annual revenue. Now, we collect a lot of that data over time and research both builders within Live Life Build and outside Live Life Build with that overheads calculator. 
about 18, 18 months, two years ago, we that overhead figure was on average between 14 and 18%. So that's what we were finding most builders were discovering as they completed that calculator, that their overheads um, percentage was between 14 and 18%. Right now, though, we found that it's increased to be more like 18 to 24%. That's sort of where it's been sitting. And that's really because the cost of so many things that are involved in running any business have increased. You know, we're seeing that every industry across the board in our own lifestyles as well. You know, there's things particularly like fuel, electricity, rent, insurance costs, all of those things have dramatically increased and that's having an on-flow effect into increasing the overheads margin that's required. Now, what's really interesting with this generally is that, you know, in Live Life Build, we work with builders of all different sizes. They're generally all custom residential building businesses. Uh, they're doing different ranges of projects, different number of projects each year, different levels of revenue. So, We'll have members who are renovating bathrooms and kitchens right through to builders that it might be doing $10 million plus in revenue a year. And, you know, we've had hundreds of builders be given that overhead calculator and they've inputted all of their figures into it. And we have never had a single builder tell us that they've been charging enough for their overheads. The overheads calculator exercise, it usually comes as a really confronting shock to the builders that do it because they discover that they've not actually been covering their business costs with the overhead margin that they've been charging to date because they have been just, you know, doing that thing of not studying the data, being told by builders, uh, by, by the contract or by architects or, you know, hearing on the ground what other people are charging and, and they're just doing that 10 or 15%. And they, they discover that it's not enough. They've not been covering their business costs they can see it in black and white you know the numbers don't lie and it explains a lot to them about why their projects and their businesses have felt under such financial pressure and there's been so much stress for them so you know what about the 10% figure where is this actually come from you know why do we see it sort of plugged into these different areas I actually believe that this 10% has come from the volume builder part of the industry I actually think that the master builders contract it was it was created more to suit that part of the industry. You'll see that in the limited number of progress draws that much more suit a, a, a volume builder or a project home builder who's building in shorter timeframes than a custom residential builder. So, you know, from from the large project home builders who build hundreds, sometimes thousands of the same home every year, they can operate on much lower margins because they're amortizing their business expenses over a much more significant lineup delivery of projects. Now, you can imagine if you're building a thousand homes that are $500,000 each year, you could charge quite a small percentage and you could still cover a significant amount of expenses and also make a significant profit in your business, especially when you're compared to a builder that might not only, you know, they might only be doing one, maybe two or three projects of the same scale each year. And whilst, of course, the cost of running a business that does a thousand homes per year is going to be very different to the cost of running a business that does two to three projects per year, you can't really bootstrap a building business to keep your overheads low. There are some significant costs that are just simply essential in order for builders to have established businesses that deliver projects. We regularly see the rising cost of construction being blamed for why building businesses are going into liquidation. However, if a builder is charging a margin that they actually haven't sanity checked against the actual data and costs in their building business, it is very easy for problems to catch up with them financially because those costs are most likely they're not being covered. And this is when you see builders, you know, chasing payments, 
chasing projects in order to pay for their present work because they might have got the costs right on the building part but they haven't covered the operational costs of their business and they can't figure out why they're losing money and what we see that this it inevitably catches up with builders uh, when this happens for them. Now I want to talk, take a minute to talk about profit margin because all of the figures and the information that I've been discussing so far, they're only related to the margin that covers the overheads, so the business running costs. Now the builder should and will charge a profit margin on top of this overheads margin and that profit margin is going to be entirely up to the builder but there's a lot of data about the risk profile of builders based on their profit margin with anything less than 12% being high risk. So it's really interesting to see. Now, I do find, however, that as we work with builders and we see them change their businesses and change the way that they operate, become much more professional in how they kind of track their data, that when you get builders that are recording and tracking their project costs and, and they they are really tracking time and they're tracking and seeing how they've priced something compared to what it's actually ended up costing them and then they use that information and that data to inform their future builds – I find that they're willing to lower their profit margin because they know that they're being more accurate with the original costing of the project. So, you know, that same report, it identifies that a a builder that's charging less than 12% profit margin is a high risk building business. It says that a low risk building business is is more than 20% in profit margin. But in my mind, that figure is about the builder actually having a, a very sizable buffer for when things go wrong in their in their cost or they've miscalculated labor or materials in their original pricing. You know, profit can certainly protect a builder from these types of problems, but better still is a builder doing the work to really analyze the data in their business so that they're always better informing the pricing on future projects. And then the profit that they that they do make on a project, which which might be at a smaller a smaller percentage when they're actually adding it as a margin into their their quotes and their proposals up front you know, it can be handling the inevitable unforeseen issues that do crop up in any custom project where those costs will sit in the builder's responsibility. Sometimes those inevitable things don't always sit in the builder's kind of sphere of responsibility, but when they do, that's when that profit margin can take care of it. Now, profit of course is also important for maintaining a sustainable business, you know, for providing for future growth and for navigating the everyday challenges of of running a business. So it's not unusual for a builder's total margin that includes the profit and the overhead costs to be anywhere from a 25 to a 35% margin. And I remember seeing a video in the USA a while ago actually that said that any project, uh, when you look at the costs of a project, that they should be one-third labour, one-third materials and one-third margin. So those margins that I'm discussing of 25 to 35%, they're certainly tracking with that kind of calculation. So let me get to the question that started all of this. Should you actually know what the builder's margin is? Now, my short answer is no. No, you should not know what the builder's margin is, which I know may sound weird or you may not like to hear. I will add to this though, whilst I don't believe that a builder should have to disclose their margin to you, it is important that the margin that applies to your variations is identified in your contract and it's visible. Any work that's going to happen outside the contract sum should actually have its margin openly declared so that you're aware of that before you sign the contract. Now, I'm going to give you a longer answer than no as to whether you should know what the builder's margin when they're pricing your project prior to signing the contract. Uh, You know, I'm going to give you a longer answer as to um, why I believe that you shouldn't, why you don't need to know what that margin is. And I, I admit that this may be hard to hear, but here it is, okay? 
It really is none of your business how a builder chooses to run their business, what they charge and how their costs are structured. Really, it's really none of your business. Think about it. In what other purchasing decision do you expect to know all of the individual costs or of a service or a product as well as the margin? You don't buy a car, your groceries, a t-shirt, a haircut, a meal at a restaurant, a doctor's appointment, or pretty much every other expense with an awareness of the individual costs involved and the margin. And when was the last time that you asked someone else what their margin is? In all of these purchasing decisions, the margin will be included in the price of what you're buying. And in most cases, I would suspect that it's significantly higher than what the builder is charging. Now, you may be saying, Amelia, of course, it's my business to know how the builder runs their business because that impacts my project cost. And shouldn't the builder be operating transparently and honestly and disclosing this information to me? Shouldn't that be part of the process? This is the thing though. Understanding the accounting breakdown of your project doesn't mean you're necessarily getting transparency about the business itself and its operations. And it also won't tell you in a meaningful way whether the builder is going to do a great job of your build. It just means that you're being shown the prices. And you don't necessarily know what's costed into those prices and whether the takeoffs are correct or the products that you haven't specified, you know, the builders had to actually choose them, whether they're actually up to scratch or the labor is correctly calculated. What I'm saying is this, you could be given a complete breakdown of all of the costs of building a home, but do you even know what those costs should be? Will you be able to assess them with any informed view or will they just look like a shopping list of prices to you? And even if you got open book quotes like this from all of the builders that you spoke with, but then you were, you saw discrepancies in what one builder was charging for specific work compared to another builder, that's not going to tell you that one builder is better than the other. In my experience, the difference between builders' quotes often comes down to their business model and what those overhead costs can be. And more often than not, it actually comes down to the emissions, the misunderstood scope and the variations in allowances that have been given for certain items that can be really chunky parts of your build, things like the joinery, flooring and electrical and things like that. Now, I've actually got a helpful blog post about how to understand building pricing and compare apples with apples. So I'm going to pop that in the resource for the resources for you so you can check that out. It is important to remember this, okay? A better builder doesn't necessarily cost more than a shoddy one. And I think that we believe that seeing a fully itemized list with margins identified, you know, and all of the detail in it, that it will give us some false sense of security that the builder is being truthful and we're knowing what we're getting for our money. But having seen loads of line item costs for projects over the year that, you know, over the years that I've been working in the industry that have then moved into projects that went over budget because the builder hadn't made the correct allowances or had miscalculated parts of the project. It's just, you know, seeing those line item costs is just not the way to achieve transparency or trust with your builder or compare one builder to another. You are going to be much better served by focusing on getting your drawings accurately done and well specified before any builder formally prices your project for the contract so that there's little opportunity for misinterpretation and substitution. And then ensuring the way that the builder has structured their quote actually indicates a detailed scope of works and what's included and excluded. So you want a line item scope, not a line item costing. That's what's important here. 
Now, in seeing how homeowners approach the process of reviewing quotes and proposals, I think there's also something else at the core of this expectation to see all the numbers spelled out. I think we often mistake the process of working with a builder as hiring labour and buying materials and getting this person or company to put it all together for us. But that's not what you're paying for when you build or renovate a home with a builder. In the same way that when you buy a car, you're not buying for all of the individual parts and then the labour to put it together. In both instances, you're paying for the finished product that you can actually use that's going to be fit for purpose and sustain everyday life and all it serves up and that it's met all legislatory requirements and is going to be safe and all of those kinds of things. And then when it comes to the case of the builder, you're paying for the person or the company that delivers it to you to not only know how to put it together, but to have so much knowledge that's, you know, so much more than just following the drawings that you've given them to make your home a reality. Now, by all means, if you have the skills to source and buy materials and products and then to put them all together in a finished home that meets all the statutory requirements, as well as being at a, you know, a great and durable place to live in, then you can build it yourself without the margin. But if you want someone else to build it, it's not just labor and material costs involved. There is a business behind that person with all sorts of costs required to operate that business. So the margin is a necessary part of doing business with a business. I know that this is a significant investment for you and that's why so many want to know all of the details, but the breakdown of costs itself will not tell you what you actually need to know about a builder, about their business and about their suitability for your project. So what is your business when it comes to knowing how a builder runs their business? Well, when a builder presents their proposal or quote to you, it's pretty simple. Your business is to work out if the total sum that the builder is proposing your finished home will cost you, whether it includes everything that you've asked for it to, and if that figure represents value to you. And then it's your business to do your due diligence to confirm that the builder that you're speaking to is capable of delivering your project to the standard of quality and service that you expect. That is it. How much margin a builder should or shouldn't charge really isn't up to you. Now, if you feel that the price that you're being presented with doesn't represent value to you, then you can go and get another price. And if you find that all the prices that you're being presented with are fairly similar and they still don't represent value to you, then you're going to have to make a call about whether to adjust your expectations or adjust the project. Now, I can hear you saying, but builders make so much money, Amelia. You know, I know that many homeowners are concerned about just how much money their builder is making. Are they really making a lot of money? Are they making too much money courtesy of the funds that we're paying them to build or renovate our homes? Well, given all, you know, given all of the builders that are going out of business and the fact that the industry has a disproportionate amount of insolvencies compared to other industries, I don't think that builders are really making a lot of money. I think understandably because this money comes from your own funds uh, or your mortgage and it usually has a lot of zeros on it, that it, it, it feels like a lot. That's totally understandable. And, and so then, of course, it's totally understandable that you want to dive into all the details of it and understand exactly where it's going. The thing is that I see homeowners, they try to negotiate with various builders. They pit them against each other to make them more competitive. And often that's with their margins and they're getting them to reduce their margins and as, as an incentive to secure the project. Now, getting a builder to compete on their margin is really tricky because if, you, if they actually know that they need to charge a certain margin to cover their overheads expenses and you ask them to lower it, they're going to have to manage that loss somewhere. 
you know, they'll not be able to pay their business costs. They'll not make a profit, which can be risky long-term for them and for you, or they're cutting corners with materials and labor on your project. You know, it's not like they've got this spare pot of, you know, this slush fund somewhere that they can cover all of the funds that they lose on your job in order to get your job done. I do understand though, it's, you know, it's a significant investment for you. It's personal funds. The margin can feel really, really significant. So of course, it stands to, you know, reason that you want to know that the margin that's being charged is reasonable and that you're not being ripped off, that they're not just inflating it and, and uh, you know, pulling the wool over your eyes. But if you're just asking them what their margin is and then you're comparing builder to builder based on their margin, it's not going to really give you a clear picture of how they're going to be as a builder and whether they're going to be great to work with and then the quality of home that they're going to build you. So if you can't ask them about what the margin is that they're charging, what can you ask them? Well, you are well within your rights to ask for some information about how they potentially structure things in their business, their operations, you know, how they run their projects and also, you know, ask about how they actually spend their time as the business owner and the builder. You know, for example, where are they spending their time and how are they charging for their time in projects? Is it all sitting in the projects or is it in the overheads or is it somewhere in between? What kind of administrative staff do they have and how is communication going to happen on your project over the duration of construction? Will the builder that you're actually speaking to be the one who's going to be on site coordinating your project and overseeing everything, you know, swinging a hammer? Or will there be a supervisor that you're dealing with and the business owner is in more of an administrative role in the business? These kinds of questions, they're part of you finding out how a building business is running and what they're going to be like for you to deal with on a day-to-day basis inside your project. And any builder that is running a business out of their glove box or from their dining table, they most likely don't have, you know, or won't have a lot of administrative support, possibly none. And I find that, you know, as a result, they often don't have systems and processes to actually do effective administration. And so, you know, they might, you might find that they're a difficult builder to deal with because they're potentially going to be a little bit less organized and a little bit more reactive. Their overheads lowers might their overhead margin might be significantly lower as a result of not having that administrative support and you know not running an office and those kinds of things. And I do find it's really interesting. I, you know, homeowners can get in touch with me and they'll say that they've found an old school builder. And they feel that that's going to be really awesome because this old school builder is on the tools, they're perfectionists, they're just a one-man band. But, you know, that will come with trade-offs in that they won't have anyone else answering their phone and they won't have anyone doing the paperwork of invoicing and quotes. They don't have anyone handling orders or chasing supplies and tradespeople. It all comes down to them. And when they're just on, you know, your project, that might be okay And it could just be that they're a little bit slower than they would be if they had an admin team in terms of paperwork, et cetera. But if they're juggling other projects or they're trying to secure other projects whilst working on yours, that can be tricky as well. And you might find because they're a one-man band, they haven't had the time to take off and kind of upskill themselves with further training on updates to codes and things like that, or they're trying to do that all after hours and it's pretty stressful. So all of that sort of comes hand in hand with that. Now, if a builder instead has got administrative staff and they're actually running a business operation, you know, as as a professional outfit, they're potentially, you know, going to have the support that you're going to need in order to be able to feel more confident and taken care of. And they're more likely to be able to proactively plan things for you and communicate with you on a regular basis about your project as well. And, you know, if you call the office, you're more likely to be able to get someone on the phone rather than waiting for a builder who's on site to be able to be free and call you back. You know, 
as I said earlier as well, I suspect in all other purchases that you make in your life, the margins that you're paying are actually going to be significantly higher than you'll ever pay a builder inside their business. And whilst I know that building or renovating is a big investment and so all the money counts and matters, I really encourage you to flip your mindset about how you assess the builder's price and what makes it up. You want to work with a builder who is going to be running a business for the long term, who's going to be thinking about their cash flow and about their sustainability and pricing in overhead margins and profit margins to make sure, you know, that they're actually going to be able to operate in the long term and that they're informing that information, that they know their numbers, they understand their data, they're really analyzing this stuff on a day-to-day basis in their business so that they can be accurate about things. You know, far too many builders are going out the back door very, very quietly without even really being aware of it. They're struggling with their cash flow. They're super stressed. They're always chasing the next payment, chasing the next job in order to cash flow their present work. Good business operators understand that they need to charge an overhead margin and a profit margin in order to build a sustainable business. And they're doing the work to figure out exactly what that needs to be. And builders wear a huge amount of risk in the process. They need to be able to price for that risk and know that they're still going to have a business. So they're sustaining it not only through the warranty period that they provide on your home, but even longer. So, you know, a good business operator who is also a builder, they know that they need to be able to build in that risk management in the way that they price their projects. I want to have a chat to you now about margin versus markup because uh, I want to take you through some of the maths of it. You often hear these two terms discussed. They can also be used interchangeably when they're actually different figures. But people will often kind of mix them up. And you may be all over this. This may not be news to you at all, but I have found that a lot will struggle to understand this. Even builders will um, struggle to understand this as they're working it out for their projects. And I've even had an architect, I was in an architect's Facebook group talking about, you know, somebody asked about, margins and markups and I was sort of explaining to them that the maths of how it works out and they felt that it was unethical that a margin and a markup were different figures but it seriously seriously is just maths and it's based on information that you have when you're making calculations so you know which one you need to use as to how to engineer the the finished price and what you're going to protect in what you're making out of a job to cover those additional costs that aren't in the um, in the raw costs that you've, you know, calculated as the cost of running your business. So let's have a look at the simple numbers, okay? We have a product that sells for $100 and that product that sells for $100, it costs $80 to make. So when it sells for $100, you're going to make a $20 margin on your costs. So $100 minus $80 equals $20. And $20 is 20% of $100, of the cost of the product, of the of the sale price of the of that product, so you're making a twenty percent margin when you sell that uh, product for a hundred dollars that has cost you eighty dollars to make. Now, many would just look at their costs and say, "Well, to make a margin of twenty percent, I just need to mark my costs up by twenty percent, and that's and tickety boo." And you know, you may be sitting here going, "No, no, no, Amelia, that's not what you do," and I know that that's not what you do, but that's what a lot of people do think, and a lot of I've had a lot of builders think that if I want a margin of 20%, I just need to mark up my my costs by 20% and I'll achieve that margin. However, if you only mark up your cost of $80 by 20%, then you're going to end up with a sale price of $96 because 20% of 80 is 16 and 16 plus 80 is 96. And what will meet, that will mean is that you've only made a margin of $16, which actually is 16.66% of the total sale price of $96. 
So you need to be selling the item for $100 to make $20 or 20% each time you sell. So in this instance, you're actually going to work out what $80 divided by $20 is to figure out this, uh, what your markup is. So $20 is 25% of $80. So your markup actually needs to be 25% in order to achieve a sale price of $100 and that margin of $20 or 20%. So you've got an $80 cost and you know you want to make a 20% margin. So you need to be able to gross up that $80 by 25% in order to make that 20% margin because $80 grossed up by 25% is what gets you to 100. Okay, so hopefully that makes sense. It's always tricky to kind of describe this stuff audibly rather than actually write it out in front of you. So there is a maths formula for working this out when you don't have nice round figures and there's also a table um, that you can get that's got all of the margin percentages down one column and then the uh, correlating um, markups that are required. But the thing to understand about this is you actually have to, you know, work out what your margin is that you're like for, for builders, they're working out what their margin is first. Uh, and then as they're working through projects, they're, they're identifying all of the raw costs and they need to figure out what they're going to have to mark those uh, costs up by in order to protect the margin that they know they need to make to cover their overheads and profits. And so that's why it's really important for builders to understand both of those figures and to be able to understand the maths of how they're created. There's lots of re resources online to help with the maths. You know, when we give our overheads calculated to builders, we've actually got a formula in the cells so that once they've figured out their overheads percentage of their revenue, then it will calculate the markup for them. And um, they can then uh, use that in their uh, pricing of their projects. Now, to wrap up, this is the thing that I want to finish with. I know, like I know, I really do know. I know that it it is going to feel like your builder is making a lot of money from you when you start to become aware that possibly a third of your project cost is sitting in their overhead and their profit margin. And, you know, even though I feel that a, a builder shouldn't need to disclose that to their clients. I do know that some builders will still share what their margin is and they'll talk about it as they're presenting their proposals, you know, to their clients. So, you know, and I think that what I'd really encourage you to do is instead of drilling into what that margin figure is or expecting to see it, to actually use the whole process of seeing the pricing from your from your builder and and how the pricing's been constructed as an opportunity to have a really good conversation with them and a detailed conversation with them about how they run their business you're going to find that you can start to elicit some really fantastic and useful information about what kind of business operator they are, what kind of leader they are, what kind of team they run, how organized they are, and how confident you can be that they're going to have your project in hand and be able to take really good care of you. And you'll also start to understand if they're operating their business like someone who plans to be here for the long term, so that you always have them to go back to for your long term investment. And that's it for the prickly subject of lifting the lid on builder's margin. I'm really going to be interested to hear from you on this because I, like I said, I know that this is a really prickly subject. We're talking, you know, about, you know, something really personal in terms of the investment that we're making. It's a lot of money. And so I can completely understand that you're wanting to manage it as best as you possibly can. And so it seems like an obvious thing to kind of be checking the margin and understanding if you're not paying, you know, why you might be, you know, where you, a builder might be charging more margin than another builder. So 
you know, I think though we can feel a certain amount of entitlement when it comes to our homes and our money and then that can set us up to believe certain things about the information that we believe we should have access to. So if you've been getting frustrated with not knowing what margins a builder is pricing into your project costs, I do hope that this episode has perhaps helped shift your perspective and given you some other things to think about and then also some great tools to go to your potential builders with. Just actually discuss what kind of builder they really are and what type of business they really run. Now, just a few reminders before I finish up the episode. Firstly, if you'd like to get a transcript of this episode, you can grab a free download of it by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 283. That's the numbers 283. I've also put some extra blog and podcast links into the resources there that I think are going to be really great supporting information for this episode. So make sure you check that out. I think that'll be really useful for you. I also want to um, remind you, I've mentioned it in an episode a while back, but I wanted to bring it up again. If you are an industry professional listening to this, uh, you're an architect, designer, builder, services consultant, you know, any kind of industry professional or a supplier that is servicing and helping homeowners as they build or renovate their homes and you feel like-minded with Undercover Architect and you'd like to work closely with Undercover Architect community members, please check out the UA Army. You can find out information about the UA Army. Uh, it's free to access and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, find out more about, about it by heading to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash army. And if you're a homeowner listening to this and you're working with a really great team that you think are aligned with Undercover Architect, please let them know about that. I'd love to hear from them. And of course, if you'd like more help and guidance in a more structured way and to feel more confident and in control as you learn the steps from start to finish of your project journey, and of course, how to create a great home that you'll love living in, then Home Method, my flagship program, is definitely the place for you. It's a really great place to get my help and support and also to join with a community of homeowners who are super informed, generous, uh, really savvy people that can support you along your journey as well. You can find out more about Home Method by heading to homemethod.com.au or to the Undercover Architect website. You'll see it there as well. As always, thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye. Just a reminder, all content on this podcast is provided by Undercover Architect for reference purposes and as general guidance. It does not take into account specific circumstances and should not be relied on in that way. You should seek independent verification or advice before relying on this content in any circumstances, including but not limited to circumstances where loss and damage may result. The views and opinions of any guests on the podcast are solely their own and may not reflect the views of Undercover Architect. Undercover Architect endeavours to publish content that is accurate at the time it is published, but does not accept responsibility for content that may or has become inaccurate over time. Thank you.